Hi pals, hello, how are you? Are you alright? Good, good to hear. My name is Hannah um, and this is Let's Talk Show Business. Basically, I am a training performer. I would like to learn more about the industry that I am choosing to go into. Therefore, I've decided to try and to speak to people who are already there and share the knowledge and conversations with you. Or, like this week, I'm speaking to my peers and friends who are also wanting to do what I want to do. First of all, welcome back, season two, whoop whoop, incred. Ah. Um, and secondly, lockdown is a thing, obviously. If you're listening at the moment, you will know or if you're seeing the future, you will remember that we're currently in lockdown because of COVID-19, the global pandemic. Wonderful. Um, Well, it's not wonderful. It's really not great. It's taken us away from our family and our friends, and it means that we can't hug people, which is an absolute travesty for the theatre community because we love to hug people. Um, But I have decided as much as possible to keep the podcast corona free (laughs) we're not spreading the virus um obviously it will come up in conversation because it is just such a massive thing but as much as possible i'm gonna try and keep it away from corona because i feel like we already hear enough about it on the news in our day-to-day lives on social media it's just everywhere so i want to try and keep away from that and just spread some theatre joy and some industry joy. But today I'm speaking to uh, Beth Stevens, who is an actor and co-founder, no, founder and artistic director of Out the Attic Theatre Company, which is a Liverpool-based theatre company. Uh, They do bi, no, monthly storyteller socials, which is like this cool scratch night-like event. they also do plays and musicals and all that shebang. And um, also Beth is training at Lipper in her second year, going into third year. Also, over the course of this conversation, we found out that me and Beth are just soulmates. It's it's just, it's it's given. You, you just have to listen to find it out. All right, all right. Um, so yeah, I hope you're all well. And oh, you better stick around to the end because I've got important information to tell you, all right? All right, see you later. Bye. There we go. That is just me. I am just like organizer to the stars. Oh yeah, always. You're currently you're currently propped up by about like twelve notebooks. (laughs) (laughs) This is my little my little workspace that I've managed to. Obviously, I don't live here anymore. So, are you in Yorkshire? Uh, Yeah, I'm in I'm in Tadcaster currently. Wow. Um, but I literally just moved house in Liverpool. Like, literally moved in with my friend, like, two weeks before this happened. So I just got all settled. It was all lovely. Everything was all great. And then I was like, oh. I, I just got my first, like, weekly shot on the night before I came home. <laughs> so I had to, like, empty my cupboards and put it in my, car, put it in my friend's car. Oh, it was no. so funny. I know. It was chaos. Absolute chaos. How long and we you just had a... Go. Huh? You go. We just had our first birthday on the 8th of March. So we had like three events throughout the attic mm-hmm. on the day, uh, which was fab. And then we had rehearsals every day for Hiccup, which was Sophie's play. Mm-hmm. And then did that on the weekend before everything closed. <laughs> so like that whole two weeks, I moved out. I did. I played Hamlet. And then, <laughs> I, <laughs> and then uh, we did three events on that Sunday. I did a 24-hour play project at Lipper, which is basically like where like a 24 hour play so we have the writers get the the prop to write something on a friday night 
the the writer writes overnight, gives it to the director in the morning. Director gives it to the actors at like ten in the morning and rehearse till six, perform on the night. I had a it was a bad porno and I wasn't allowed to see the other actor till the performance, so that was chaos. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, honestly, honestly, those two weeks have given me like like reason for these six weeks to just be like. <sighs> Okay, breathe. We did a, we did like three shows. We did three events. We did a twenty four hour play. We played Hamlet and moved out. It was all just chaos, <laughs> <laughs> but good chaos, I guess. It was no. a fun two weeks. Kept me going. The best type so, yeah. of chaos. Fully, yeah, hundred percent. But to but. be honest, you say you're giving yourself a, a breather. It doesn't seem like you're giving yourself a breather with the amount <laughs> I see on Instagram and the amount <laughs> I see of like what you're doing without the attic. It's just like. True, but I think if I'd have given myself a full breather, I would have had a breakdown. Like, I'm very much a manic person, so I think I think I needed to give myself some things to keep going with. But don't get me wrong, I mean, I've this is my, my latest... I've been making bracelets. The, um, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So, But they're all, like, foof synonyms, so there's, like, punani and minge and, and things like this. <laughs> this is what I've been making for my friends, pussy, pussy earrings. Yes! Um, sexy, yeah, I love it. I've been having a great time. Oh I'm covered God. in them. Great. I'm sending clit. <laughs> I'm sending them to all of my friends. I'm <laughs> just having a great time. I'm watching lots of Disney Plus, so I am giving myself a break. That's it's good. Because nice. I was gonna say what me. Uh, what like, the reason why I, I would have started earlier, but the reason why I was like I was like no I'm gonna start at three thirty was because me and my mum were watching Coco and we wanted to finish <gasps> I it. I watched it like two days ago. It's my favorite Pixar film. Isn't it amazing? I know. It's I just w- it's a flawless film. I think it's unbelievable. I think I watched it on like a plane journey to mm. like uh, somewhere, and then I cried my eyes yeah. out, and then I was like Remember right me. okay right I need to just I need to I need to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. It's actually amazing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write. I'm doing a Disney quiz with my friends tonight. When I say a Disney quiz, I mean we're doing a quiz, and my subject is Disney. Because yeah. my, I don't know if you even know, but my, like, I have another business back home, which is like how I earn money, which is like kids parties as princesses. Oh, so I, I have that. all the costumes here. So I'm gonna like turn up to this quiz tonight as Anna. <laughs> and, do, and do the whole thing as Princess Anna. Maybe even change halfway through. Where who knows? We might throw in a Rapunzel or an Elsa there. Like, oh my god! That's why I just have like these creepy heads behind me. It's on my wigs. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm gonna have to explain that. It just looks like I'm like a bit of a psycho. I didn't <laughs> even see, honestly. <laughs> I was oh on god. Facetime to this woman the other day, and she was like, "What's behind you?" I was like, "It's my wigs." <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. Do you not know? What do you think is? <clears throat> I love wigs. Yeah. So it's a bit crazy. So I've I've literally I don't really know you that well, but I can already tell your type my type of person. <laughs> Fully. Were, we had one day and I was like, she's cool. <laughs> I know. I that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this girl has a thit like has a theatre company <laughs> and she's like cool and like just energetic and i love her oh we know oh. definitely energetic i'm not sure about cool but definitely energetic very cool but how yeah so yeah it was lovely to meet you and very much when you messaged me i was very keen to to get involved because it's really nice to be able to share what we're doing and things so yeah thank you exactly it's, all, it's absolutely fine um i wanted to know how on earth did you how why who what where when why how did you start out the attic and why um, and what was the reasons? 
So I'm very lucky that um, obviously I'm at Lipper currently in my second year, mm-hmm. and we we are very lucky as a school that they do massively encourage um, kind of you're making your own work, um, everything uh, to that respect. So there is quite a few companies at Lipper. We're not the only one. There's there's a few that come out of it. There's a few that kind of have gone on to be bigger companies in the industry. There's a few that kind of just people use to go to Fringe and things when they're um, during Lipper. But there was a um, a couple in like when I was in first year. There was a couple in third year um, that did kind of similar things, and they did like a show. They did a few shows that they took to Fringe and and that kind of stuff. So I was really inspired by that. Um, and I came to Lipper very short. The reason I chose Lipper myself was that yes, I want to be an actor, um, but I very much I'm interested in directing and writing because I was 20 when I went to Lipper, so I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd done a couple of jobs and nothing like major, but just everything I was kind of going for, um, everything I was surrounded by was 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 very kind of not what I was interested in. Like it was all very much like, oh, you play the princess, you you play, you do this, you look, stand there and look pretty, like. And mm. I was just like, no, <laughs> like, no. I just I was just like you know I I have so many fantastic like women in my family and stories from that that my mum's always told me and my grandma and um I was always very inspired by that and then I did a project so before I went to drama school I did I'm obviously from Yorkshire and I did um a project called everything is possible the York suffragettes and it is a community piece in York in the the York Theatre Royal community project like 100 people in the cast it's actually this is a great time to do this because it's actually like you should watch it because they're doing the live stream they're doing a streaming of it next week on YouTube honestly I nearly wet myself I was so excited when they said it the other day so just look at York Theatre Royal social media I will do there's a really funny picture on the pictures that they posted which is me as a suffragette looking really angry in a crowd (laughs) it's hilarious um, so basically they did like this of women born season at York Theatre Royal. Everything I'd done up to this point had been musical theatre, it'd been different musicals around the city like like youth theatre and stuff, which I loved. I love musical theatre, don't get me wrong, and obviously as you know I'm doing MYMT this summer. I'm still yeah. interested in, in in musicals, but this was something like I'd never seen before. Like it was a massive cast, it was based on true women, like true true stories of York women that were involved in the suffragette movement. People don't often know that like anything happened outside of London. Like it's really hidden. All these little stories of, but there was such a community in York. Like they went to London, and this writer Bridget Foreman, who's fantastic, um, like wrote this this story of of like a semi-fictional woman who was, um, and then all the other women that had been to York. Emily Pankhurst came to York. Like, yeah. So like, there's this massive story. And it, it was an of women born season at the York Theatre Royal. So the directors, um, both Juliet Forster, who is the associate director of York Theatre Royal, and Katie Posner, who was the artistic director of Pilot Theatre, but now is of um, Payne's Plough. So she's doing amazing things. I'm seeing her all the, all over the place, and she's doing incredible. Both of them are amazing directors. Obviously, I didn't appreciate how amazing at the time because I was so new to it. But now I'm like, wow. Um, everyone, all the producers, the designer, everyone was a female creative. And I'd never worked with a female director before. I'd never worked with female writers before. I'd just never done it. Like, it wasn't my experience. And I was literally blown away. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I want to be a director. I want to make um, stories about women that nobody knows about. I want to dig up history and find people's stories that haven't been told. Um, this was God. This was like a year and a half before Out the Attic, probably. 
probably about, yeah, I think it was still like a, a fair amount of time. But what I did was I, um, I was 18 at this point and I started a blog hmm. called All the World a Stage. I still thought I was going to have like a good three years before drama school. I was like, I'm not ready. I came to this really late. I wasn't um, really into acting till I was like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't think I was going to go to drama school for a while. And I just was so inspired by the people around me and the women I worked with. I then did a play called Blue Stockings at York Theatre Royal. Oh, yes, I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So, like, that happened at the same time as Suffragettes. It was like, mm. it was like three months, so it was my speaker. It was like three months that I did all these stuff and I was like, oh, my God, I love these women. Everyone's, like, telling female stories. Like, this is so why I want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And I started this blog called Deeds Not Words, Women who inspire in the arts and politics and basically like interviewed every woman that was involved in these projects and did a little series. I'm still actually like still trying to do it, but it's been so long now. I feel like I need to just like reboot it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was just me talking to actors, designers, writers, directors, politicians, like loads of different people that I was like, this is why I'm interested in it. So it was kind of always like from that point, I was always like very much this is the kind of theatre I want to do. And then I um, I was very lucky I got into drama school and Lippa was the one that struck me, like I said, to be, you can be a writer, you can be a director, you don't have to just be an actor, you don't have to just be there to tell other people's stories, like you can tell your own, you can mm-hmm. tell stories that you're passionate about. So I was in my first year and it was great and we had a lot of fun and then it was kind of the first term um, I was thinking about it seeing how other companies have done it, kind of talking to a few people. And then over Christmas, I can't even remember when I thought about the name, but the way the reason it's called Out the Attic, um, this is a nice little cute girl story. So I came, I've been writing, hopefully, I've actually got my police hat, literally. Yeah. <laughs> this is my, oh. it's my mum's police hat from the West Yorkshire Police. Um, and I'm writing a play about her. Oh, lovely. Um, so that's kind of been my first... That was always the kind of the centre of Out the Attic and why it was formed was I want to do Little Women the musical. Yes! <laughs> and um, and my mum's play. Mm-hmm. So in my kind of brain, I was like, right, okay, so a company that those two, as an artistic director of a company that's going to produce those two pieces of work, what's the name? What's it about? Um, obviously, Jo March writes all her stories in the attic um, and then like takes them to New York and sells them. I'm obsessed with Joe March. I basically based my entire personality on the character. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I read it, oh, I still do. I read it every Christmas. Um, and that was very much very centered to the vision. So I was like, right, out the attic. She brings her stories from, she writes them in the attic. She always talks about going back and that's like the symbol for her family and her, her background. And then she goes off and takes them and tells the world. And my mum's stuff is all in the attic. So I was like, oh, it's a matter for it's fab. Like, and on the logo for Out the Attic, on the women, all the women, there's lots of tiny little women on it. There's pictures of my mum in her police hat. Um, there's women I'm, in my I'm family. There's, yeah, there's different women that are kind of inspired other people. So there's other people's mums that kind of, we put a little call out saying, who do you want to see on our logo? There is Louisa May Alcott, top left corner, who wrote Little Women, um, Emily Pankhurst. So there's all these kind of women that have, over my um, experience of kind of where this idea has come from, mm-hmm. but also different women from different backgrounds that inspired other people. And so that's the idea that everyone has stories to tell. Everyone has family history um, to kind of encourage those to kind of go through 
and that's where we formed the story so social obviously it was a, mm. an idea that if we can have a platform that is there so many people will be inspired to bring their own stories forward um, and to make new work based on that as well so yeah just to like to what's the word to clarify for the people who are listening in that sounds yeah. weird the storytelling <laughs> social is like social like scratch night basically isn't it yeah and when um, so we go on where does it happen first of um, all so currently online obviously because of given course, the situation yeah. um but we founded so the storyteller social was our first um event we have produced two pieces of theater in the year that we've been running but the first thing and the thing that we do every month is the um storyteller social in liverpool so we're obviously we're at lipper um based in liverpool and we've tried we've got lots of different venues that we've used in the city um, we're now based at one called Siren, which is fantastic. It's like a lovely venue in just outside the centre of Liverpool. But it's um, we founded it on the 8th of March, or I found it on the 8th of March, um, which is International Women's Day, um, 2019. Um, and we've done it every month in Liverpool, bar July and August, since, um, since that day, so for a year. Um, but then also we had a regional ambassador programme in the summer, so at the time, we probably do now, but at the time we didn't really have like outside of Lipper. The goal has always been to get a Liverpool audience. And we've had so many storytellers that are nothing to do with Lipper. And I'm really proud of that. I want to keep going with that. Um, but last year when we'd only had a couple of socials, we didn't really have the audience to be Liverpool without Lipper being in session. So kind of mm-hmm. over the summer. So I was like, oh, I will take it home to Yorkshire. I know plenty of people um, in Yorkshire. So I did, and I took it home. But then because I'd taken it to Yorkshire, different people were like, can I do one? So I was like, yeah. So I worked with my friend in Manchester, who's at Manchester School of Theatre, and we've done two in Manchester. So they are regular in Manchester as well. Um, And then Jessica, our associate for Attic, she um, took it to California and New York over the summer as well. So we've actually like taken the platform to different places um, as like a summer of storytellers program, we started it, but then they're regular in Manchester, um, and hopefully in all those places they will eventually be like bi-monthly um, to kind of keep. The idea is that if there's always a platform there, people always have things to make for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, currently it's in a couple of places in America, um, York, Liverpool, and Manchester. But we did have mad plans for this summer to be Bristol, Birmingham, Brighton, lots of different places. And hopefully that will still happen at some point. Just obviously we don't know when currently. But yes, the best thing is at the moment it is virtual. So that is no boundaries as where you can come from. We're looking for storytellers from all over the place every single. We're doing it every other week um, currently. And the idea is that we give you a theme um but that is loose i have so many people i need to clarify this more i feel like i haven't done this well enough the theme is there for inspiration if you are looking for some but if you have done a brilliant sketch or a brilliant poem or a song that week send me it like Mm -hmm. it is for everything and everyone there is literally no limits on the social it's just as long as you are telling a story that is all i care about um so it's open to anyone anywhere all you have to do is send us a video and we'll put it in our social we've done four of them now and last night's was so lush like honestly i was watching it oh my god it was such a lush one it was the theme was hope yesterday so it was very wholesome yeah um but yeah i'm really proud that we're able to keep going and we've had some really lovely people um 
because there's no pressure to still be creative in these times but I think so many people are still looking for for an outlet mm-hmm. so it's nice to be able to provide that and have such a lovely community like I have people that we all watch it together and have a drink like it's it's lovely like it's it's nice to still have that because we do this every month like I really miss it like yeah it's a look it's the best like night of the month really in Liverpool so it's nice to be able to keep that going in these weird times but yeah so and open think, to anyone I think being creative and having some having, having a creative outlet and being creative also outside of like I suppose what you study or what you what your mm. work is I think that is such a crucial thing in like in any sense of the word like in any in anybody like any for anybody it's not just creatives but for people in general to be Absolutely. creative is Absolutely. so important and like I don't know what I would do without like I don't know being able to just go at go and make a dance for my for my own oh sake. I need you dancing on it well I will that will be if we need you oh, on next time please yes <laughs> I will I will I'll make a, a, a cheeky dance for you Absolutely, I've got, I'm so I've got keen to get more planned. dancers involved. My my cousin's a professional dancer and oh I've been God. trying to get her to do it since the very start. <laughs> but she's that currently on a cruise ship, so it's quite hard with internet. <laughs> she's still cruising? Well, she must be yeah. right now. No, no, she... no, she's docked. They've, they've not been on land for like a long time. Yeah, she's meant to be coming home next week, hopefully, but she's mm. already a month overdue. She was meant to come back a, week, a month ago, so a little oh bit of chaos, yeah. Because I've had I've some of like friends I know or teachers that I have have gone mm. away on cruises and they've all had to come back now and some of it some of it is like quite well I've not ups- well, it is upsetting because the, the one of my teachers hasn't worked like properly for uh, a little while and this cruise is like her her like step back into the industry and Aww. she's like she's landed this like big cruise and she'd been away for like a month it was a month yeah. Oh, a whole month, her. and now she's back. But she's she's one of the most positive people I've ever met. Shout out to mm. Martina. And safe and home, which is lovely as well. Exactly, yes. which yeah, is so important. It's a weird time, isn't it? So many yeah. people I've seen are posting like, oh, I would have been starting a job today. Oh, I would have been... <laughs> it's like, oh. Gosh. It's horrid. But mm. I I guess I'm, I'm grateful for the, the breather that it's yeah. given everyone. I think that I like... I don't know if you relate to this at all, but I'm going to say it because I want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think for people who, like, work really hard and who are, like, driven and motivated, there is that sort of, like, push to be the best, do the best, be, like, mm-hmm. on top of everything. And when all of those, like, the, the, the pressure of the world is taken away to be the best and do the best, and you relax and you mm-hmm. just focus on making good cake as i call it good work absolutely absolutely like that is so i think i think um, a massive thing as well that i keep wanting to try and put across there is that there is what i feel like has come with the quarantine and with the isolation is that so many people feel like they still are competing to be the best and do quarantine the best and be the most productive (laughs) and write as much and i mean god i've been trying to write this bloody play for three years now and like I, the first day um, I got back here, I was like, right, no excuses now, Beth. Like you need to write this play. You've got no, literally nothing to distract you. And I haven't, I haven't really touched it yet. And what I'm getting a little bit better at is like forgiving myself for that. Like this is a weird time for everyone, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give myself days. I'm very fortunate and very lucky that I have my family and we're safe here. And I, I don't have anywhere to go. I can't, I can't volunteer because I'm too far away from where I am currently. And I 
don't drive at the moment. So I'm like, right, you know what? If you watch Disney films all day and make bracelets, that's a productive day. I'm giving myself little wins. I'm like, you washed your hair. Well done, Beth. You don't need to write a play today. You washed your hair. That is a big tick. So I think that it comes with the pressures as well that I am a very, very kind of manic person and my brain is always working at a thousand miles an hour. And so I think actually giving myself that time to fully be like, no, it's a weird time. It's not just an excuse. It's not like a... There's no pressure to create every day. So mm-hmm. I think giving you that as well. It's nice to for the social to be there and the kind of things to be there. And, the, oh, God, the opportunities online. I mean, if you do have mm. a day where you are feeling productive, there is so much available, which I'm so thankful for. But some days I just want to watch Snow White, and that's yeah. okay. <laughs> so I think forgiving yourself for having a bit of a down day as well is, is really important. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And those, like, the down days and the breaks that you have are just as productive, I'm doing quotation marks here, as having a productive day. Because if you just work and work and work, you're going to burn yourself out. Absolutely. So I think a lot of people who, well, I think the world in general just needs to have a flip of brain thought and, like, Mm -hmm. brain thought. (laughs) We love that. (laughs) They need to have, like, just a a flip in their brains to realise that being productive and having a break having a break should be being productive if that makes sense absolutely it should be all seen to kind of lead yourself in a way and and take care of yourself i think it is or just people who make things yeah definitely such a crucial skill in this industry because obviously there are people who are going to go out of like graduation and they are going to land a massive tv series like um uh amy lee wood or yeah um, or even like like Imelda Staunton and who else? Um, like Judy Dench like left Central and went straight into a massive show at the uh, was it Royal Shakespeare Company? Probably, and obviously, yeah. and obviously, like that 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 is going to happen for some people, but for a lot of us, that isn't going to happen. But I think even even kind of basing what like you view as success in terms of uh, like me personally as an actor, like what happens as an actor kind of regardless like as much as I love it and I'm really passionate and god like I love I love acting I love musical theater I love I love film I love anything like that so kind of what happens there brilliant and I will try my best and I will I will, and this isn't pessimistic in any way but kind of everything I do without the attic is kind of separate and it means that regardless of whether I'm land a job like that or I think this will always be like what I'm passionate about so like even if I end up getting a really good job and what have you and being an actor that way um like I still I can you I can still have this as like my my like what I'm so passionate about and what I want to make like I think if you've got things you have to say which we all have things we have to say and we all have things we want to make like this is what this is for me so whether I am working in a bar 40 hours a week and I'm paying to be able to try and do this on the side, that's fine. Or if I'm an actor full-time and paying my rent with that, but also still wanting to make things. Because I think if you've got something to say, you can input it into the industry. And I think the main thing for me, um, looking at kind of being an actor, even unless you're like a really big, big big-time actor hitting um, things, you don't have any say. You don't have any say in the stories that you perpetuate. You don't have any story, any say in the roles that you choose. Like you can't, you have to kind of like look at people like, I mean, this is I don't know her full 
discography or whatever you'd call it, but like like Gemma Arterton. Mm. Now she just fantastic roles that are like powerful women. Like she had to play like, and she spoke about this. Like you don't have any agency in the start of your career. If something's a big film, and it's a role you're not necessarily excited about, like it's a um, maybe perpetuating a stereotype or something like, you have to kind of suck it up and do Mm. it to get to where you need to go. And kind of if that work isn't feeding you your like soul and your passion, this is what is there to kind of be like, no, but I am inputting positive female roles into the into the industry because I'm writing as well. Mm So if you're writing and you're directing, you actually have say into what roles are available in the industry. Whereas if you're an actor, you just got to eat. Yeah. (laughs) Girls got to eat. So if there's a role that you're like, oh, you know what? It's quite, that puts kind of women in a, in a one dimensional bad light. Like you've got to do it because you're an actor and you've got to pay the bills. So you've got to do, and and it's, this is a harsh reality, but I've seen that so many times, like from different actors, you see that they get to a certain point in their career where they can go, no, I don't want to play that. I want to play this. Mm. But, but God, that is a privilege. Like, so many of us will not get there. And not not in a negative way, but just in a, like, this this has got to be... I've, I was so lucky that I found what I was so passionate about, like, early on. Because I'm like, this is what I want my input to the industry to be. Whether that is couple of times a year doing like black box theater and kind of making like audiences of like up to 100 people like seeing the work that we do like that's fine with me as long as I am inputting something that I am passionate and positive about into the industry and showing like really complex female characters like Mm -hmm. that's the that's the main thing for me is that I want to be in charge of that little bit of the industry I'm I'm I have ownership over this part I have ownership over at the attic I have ownership of what what that inputs into the industry so I think that's something I'm really excited to kind of go forward in the next couple of years and even if regardless of what happens in an acting career it's not me being, I feel like I'm being really negative it's not it's not it's just kind of saying my whole livelihood and my whole happiness is not based around that because at the end of the day statistically how many of us are gonna make it or be at that point where you can do that that job I think as long as you can pay your bills being creative i'm sound that's the goal isn't it that is the goal fully is the goal just be able to do what you like and like live (laughs) yeah something that you feel is important something that you're passionate about like pay your bills because obviously that's got to be number one you want to be able to eat um but if that is working in a bar um then that you can pay your bills but you've still got something to keep you alive keep your soul alive <laughs> sounds so cringy but that you know no you just gotta yeah fully and i think i'm really lucky that lipper is a school that is very like you got to be creative you, this is the main thing and i think this is what i really really love about the attic now you've got to be a creative mm. you don't have to it doesn't have to be that's not saying if you're if you're an actor that you have to pick up a skill but i think if you are able to make your own work and kind of have something to say, like, then you're you're gonna be fine regardless of what happens. Like, you yeah. just gotta have the output. Because like that is your little, your little yeah. like it, it could eventually it could lead to you being able to obviously like it, you're you're making uh, putting bread on the table could be from a pub, but like that little creative thing not only could that eventually like put bread on the table, but yeah. that can just like feed your 
creative yeah. soul whatever 100 creative soul we love that we got a little wanky phrase that we keep referring to i'm, I'm a fan <laughs> i love that. we love a wanky phrase yeah very drama school you, you've got it you've got it yeah speaking <laughs> of drama school what 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 do you love about lipper what's your favorite thing about lipper i think i've i've definitely already said it but i think like what i'm proud of lipper for is that they make you a creative like they're very much and they're quite realistic and i don't mean this in a bad way but they've kind they train you to be like and and we joke about will hammond who's the head of head of acting at lipper like his little phrases in the industry in the industry because he he says that when he's doing like talks and things but i think it's so important like you've got to realize that you're not going to get out like if you are not expecting to go to drama school uh, obviously, I didn't come straight from school, but some people do, and there's, that's not mm. a negative thing because there's a lot of people that I know that are very kind of got their head screwed on, and that and that's not a thing. But if you've just come from school, got straight into drama school, you do your training, you work really hard, you go out, you get an agent, you get a job. This doesn't happen for most people, and I think what's so like I said, if you if you are having to go to two, audi- two auditions a month because you have got an agent but they send you two auditions a month and you're still able to make work. I'm not speaking from experience here. I haven't graduated. Like This isn't this isn't me being like, this is what's going to happen because I'm, I'm not and I don't know. And that is, it's hard. But all I'm saying is I'm trying to future-proof myself so that I'm able to still have ownership over that little bit of industry like I was talking about. I have ownership over at the attic. I know what I'm putting into the industry there. So I think they, what's so brilliant about Lipper in particular in first year we do an artistic practice module which is um making a new piece of theatre and we worked with this fantastic woman called Kerry Frampton who is the artistic director of Splendid Productions um and she's just brilliant so we make a little piece of theatre in first year in second year you pick um in artistic practice you pick a different strand so I picked writing so I've written a short film um this term um and then you do that in third year as well you pick a third one and basically you make they have a future proof festival which is a a festival at the unity theater in liverpool and it's groups of third year actors and you make a new you make a theater company you make um a piece and so many people have gone on to kind of fringe that or like they develop the work further they come back to future proof the year after they always have a graduate company come back um so it's brilliant they they are very much about making you a creative in your own right and that is that is why I literally was like gunning for Lipper when I was auditioning because <laughs> I was like, that's that's what I want to do. That's that's a whole like there are people that are, but the, also the training of acting is is very kind of is quite classical in terms of like they we do Meisner, we do Utagen, we do Stanislavski, we do Chekhov. Like we do all the kind of they're very much um, kind of brilliant in that in that sense. They give you a whole range of practitioners. And then you kind of make your own, to- or you make your own toolkit. That's the kind of phrase that we, we use is that they don't go, this is the way to act. Because personally, I don't think I'd deal with that. No. I think some schools are very much like, and this isn't negative because it works for so many people, but it's very much like, this is our school of thought, therefore it must be yours. Whereas even in first year at Lippo, you you learn so many different practitioners and then they encourage you, like we have an essay to write our own toolkit. Like how do you use, what parts of your target do you like? If it's none, that's fine. If you're a full, <laughs> if you're fully a Chekhov actor, if you're fully Meisner, like that is we they teach everything so that you are able to make your own your own toolkit as an actor, and then obviously yeah. develop your skills. We work with the Everyman and people like Nick Bagnall and Tom um, Chris Tomlinson. Like we work with different directors, um, 
to learn directing to learn writing like there's people in the industry that come in and basically say this is what we do and lear- learn their practice and then take from it what you want to put into your own mm-hmm. exactly which I'm a fan of that's well uh, that's like fantastic that's uh, sounds like an absolutely incredible course mm. i was chatting to i was well this is actually funny I, the first episode of this i did i was having a chat with one of my she's one of my teachers but she's also a I, well in my view she's a very successful actress up in scotland and i we were we well we were talking about something and i was like but i did something wrong and she was like well it's not necessarily that you did it wrong it was that you did it in a way that wasn't clear you did it in a way that wasn't thing like whatever it wasn't just like it, it, but it wasn't wrong, basically, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is you can have all these practitioners. You can have Stanislavski, you can have Chekhov, you can have Meisner, Uta Hagen, and they all teach acting, which is the same thing, but at the same time, they all teach completely different things. And sometimes mm-hmm. something that you might get taught in one thing will be completely different from what you get taught in another thing or might even contradict what you get taught in something. Or you might read something that one of the like practitioners has written and you, then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, but I must take that as gospel. But I think as developing as a human being, I think this is one of the reasons why I wouldn't have been good at drama school at 18, because I was very in the mindset of like, there's a right and there's a wrong. And I mm-hmm. think that our schools train us to be like that, like there is a right and a wrong, but there isn't. Absolutely. Uh, Education does. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most rubbish things about, well, I, I have a lot to say about the education system. And I think, to be honest, I think that having this quarantine and having this isolation is maybe one of the best things that could have possibly Mm -hmm. happened for high school students because it's going to make them take control over their learning a little bit more. Obviously, they're getting set things by their teachers, but, like, I think that learning for the fun of it and learning for the joy of it is such an important thing to do. Absolutely. And to find what you're passionate about and to find Mm -hmm. what you like to learn about because I think... I'm going, I'm going on a whole rant about the schooling system here. I don't know why, but... I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but I, I, I think that school kind of... Not indoctrinates. Don't want to use that word. But it does sort of influence people to be like... To find... To make work bad in, a make, in some sort of sense. To find like work difficult and make it hard. Make it a thing that you don't want to do. You don't want to go to school. You don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. But I think that finding the thing that you do want to learn about and finding the thing that makes you tick and makes you like really happy um is so important and yeah absolutely i i would 100 percent agree and i think you did a fab job there i fully know exactly what you mean because i um myself i mean it's one of my pet hates and i hate i i feel like i rant about it more than i should but i was in a group at school um we were all obviously. I didn't go to Liverpool till I was twenty, so mm. I had a, a I had two gap years, um, where I did different things and and learnt different things and found what I. That's when I did all the subject things and realised why I wanted to go to drama school. Um, but I actually got in to go to drama school when I was seventeen. Oh, did you? I didn't go. Yeah, I got in for musical theatre. Whereabouts? And at Trinity Laban. Sick, yeah. And I got in, and I was like, I don't want to go. And it wasn't like. It wasn't like I don't want to go. It was that I didn't... I think I decided in that moment that as much as I love singing, 
I mean, you are a fantastic dancer. I will never... My biggest achievement this year is in that dance call when they yes. got... They put... They were like, obviously, let's get Hannah in the middle. She's fantastic. These other two guys were too great. And then me and me and my friend Lucy were taking the piss and we were like, oh, why hasn't he picked us? He's obviously doing the good cut of the dance call. I don't understand why he's not picked us. And then he was like, Beth? And I was like... <laughs> This is life on the other side. I'm in the good dance crew now. That has never happened in my entire life. I am not a dancer. I'm very goofy. I will fall over. It's not great. Um, dancing is not my strong point. And I will very openly admit that. But like Trinity is a really brilliant school. It is, it's kind of a really dancey school. And I was like, if I go, my dancing will improve. But I still don't think enough like to do that full time. Mm. Kind of, I'm just not a dancer like by any stretch. And for me, I was like, I very, I would prefer to do acting and do like a re, like more of an academic degree act in acting mm. because that's what I'm interested in. The kind of the the background and I in in that moment, I didn't know that up until I got in, and then I got in and I was like. Oh, I'm not, and also I wasn't ready. Mm. And people, a lot of people, I mean, like you said, you said out oh, the attic's amazing that you're doing that in school. That wouldn't have happened if I'd have gone at 18. Mm-hmm. It, that, those two years that I had out of it made this all happen and made me who I am. And it sounds wanky, like <laughs> again, lots of wanky phrases today. But I think that's, that's why I think if you're not sure, because I know people at 18 that go to uni, go to drama school, they know exactly who they are, they know exactly what they want to do. We'll not know who they are because you learn that at drama school mm. and kind of we learn that as we go. But they are so ready. I wasn't personally. So for me, my pet hate is that I was in this group of friends at school. We all did science and we did maths and we were like the geeky kids mm. and we loved it. We got called the 40 hour maths crew <laughs> um, <laughs> because the people that made that phrase thought that was how many hours were in a weekend because the insinuation was that we did maths all weekend. So we were the 40 hour maths crew. The irony is that they didn't know how many hours were in a weekend, <laughs> but that's another story. Um, they all, I kind of came to acting at 16, and I was like, I really love drama, I really love shows, I really love musicals, I want to go do drama school. Mm. Everyone was like, you're a dropout. Like, <laughs> like you're not going to do biology? <laughs> I'm going to do dentistry. And I was like, why do you want to be a dentist? They were like, genuinely nothing to say. And that, that is a whole group of people. God, I feel like I'm going to really incriminate myself here, but they won't listen, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole, it was a, it was a culture of people that I was at school with that they were doing something because it sounded clever or it impressed their parents. And it was a lot of those have now graduated, because obviously I'm 22 now mm, nearly, yeah. and genuinely don't know what to do. And for me, that's the most annoying thing of our generation that the acceptable thing to do when you finish your A-levels or finish college is to go to university. Mm-hmm. We pay so much money for it. It's it's never been more expensive. And there are so many people that just go and for the heck of it. And then I have people that I have friends that I have friends that um, then stress that they need to pick a master's. And I've spoken to the friends that have done this and kind of it's I was like, take some time find what you're passionate about yeah because if you go to drama school I like and then now now I'm doing the things that I'm, I'm I've started the company and they go god I just wish I had something that I like cared about like that but I think if you don't give yourself the time to find it then you're not going to do it if you're yeah. going straight from education into 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 degree into and then into master's and then you get out and you're like oh, I actually don't really want to do a job in psychology I've just done four years five years of education but I <laughs> quite fancy doing something completely different 
I don't understand. No. Like, I know it works for some people, and I, I think that there's literally nothing on anything specific. It's not any specific courses. It's not any specific age groups, really. Because if you found what you want to do when you're 12 and you do every step and you go to you go to education, you go to degree, that makes perfect sense. But I think there's no pressure of just giving yourself the time to find what you care about. Yeah. And that is 100% why all this is happening. Because I came to Lippa knowing exactly what I wanted to do and exactly where I wanted to go with it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've been able to do the things that we've made in the year is because I came to it with like a clear goal of like, this is why I'm in Liverpool. This is why I'm at drama school. This is the work I want to create. Mm -hmm. And I think I just wouldn't have done that if I'd have gone at 18. Yeah. Because I didn't know that then. I didn't had, hadn't had the experiences that led me to want to do this kind of thing. So leading on from that, that was a massive rant. I feel like we both just had an education. I rant, know. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Me I'm enjoying too. <laughs> so did you like you took two gap years then? Mm-hmm. What did you do throughout those years? Um. So I did a lot of random things actually. So the first, I'm trying to get my my tones right. So the first gap year was what 2016. Yeah, I finished my level. No. When did I finish my A-levels? 2016. Because then, yeah, 2016 I finished my A-levels. So for my A-levels, I changed in A2 and I did, I went from doing <laughs> biology, chemistry, English literature and art mm. at AS. Um, I didn't like my school. I kind of decided it wasn't the right like place to carry on. I started doing musicals. I started doing acting. I'd always been a singer since I was like eight. Yeah. Um, done like classical singing and then I only started acting when I was literally 16 years old like I hadn't done anything before um, so I started doing musicals and things like that and I was like oh this is dead good isn't it so I did a year of massively failing at doing A-level art because it's genuinely anybody that does A-level art I have full respect for you oh, me too. that is the hardest year of my life <laughs> I cried me and my mum still joke about the hours and hours after school into the morning like early hours of the morning of her just crying like put something on the paper and I was like I can't do it like I just couldn't I just couldn't do it I couldn't deal with it mentally I couldn't deal with chemistry mentally um so I changed school for A2 and I went to a different school um in Yorkshire and did carried on biology and English because I loved biology and English and then started drama AS and A2 at the same time. So I did AS and I did drama, English and biology for A2. So I finished those. And then I just kind of worked mm. a lot. I got I, I worked at um, some cafes, some bars, some pubs, things like that. Um, and then I did... What did I do first? I did a couple... So I did... That's when... That kind of that following summer... Um, blue stockings and mm. suffragettes and that's when I was like whoa this is what I want to do like this is 100% me this is so my kind of this is what I'm passionate about this is what I want to do and then at that same time I got my first professional job so I did there was like an open audition for a panto oh wow in York and I, I was made Marion in the panto that's with incredible. a lad from Boyzone and it, it, <laughs> so that was like I did a random a random pantomime um, in, in that time which was great so I did a couple and then from that I did a couple of like professional jobs mm-hmm. and things but at this time I was like oh did a bit of traveling not like find yourself traveling just a few holidays with friends that were also in similar situations um and then kind of did this blog like that whole the gap year was kind of the blog 
um, and talking to different women, talking to different, kind of realising what I wanted to do there. I met a fantastic duo of ladies um, in a project. There was a project in West Yorkshire. Um, the MP, Jo Cox, when yes. she was... Yeah. Hi, sorry to interrupt here, but I feel like we need some context. So at this moment, I bring out Joe Cox's biography, written by her husband, Brendan, that has been sitting on my piano by the side of me for the past hour. I've put the video on the podcast on Instagram, you'll see. <laughs> you're, that's anybody? very near me. That's my, like that's near my house. That's near my home. That's where I'm from, basically. Joe, I love. I this is right. So this is my story time oh now. Oh my god! I so, can't believe this. This is crazy. I did. I did a summer course a couple of years ago, and we created a piece of theatre about Joe Cox. And we read this book. They were like, read this book before you do it. And honestly, this is it's Joe Cox, More in Common by Brendan Cox, who's her husband. And it is one of the most incredible books I've ever written. I've written. <laughs> read. I feel like we're soulmates, babe. That's we are. Like, honestly, that's the... Ma- right, so this is my story here. So... Oh. Well, this is mental. This is actually mental. So I did the... Obviously, that's not far from where I'm from. So I was very... I remember that all that happening. That was during my... That was during my A-levels and GCSEs and things. And I remember being like, whoa. I was really moved by it. And it's not far from where I'm from. And I saw... And obviously, big musicals fan. Done Les Mis three times. Was like, love Les Mis. There was an ad in the newspaper, local newspaper, that said, looking for young people... At this point, I wasn't that young. I was nineteen. So obviously, if you've done if you've done Les Mis, you know that nineteen is the oldest you can be for the school mm-hmm. edition. But there was a West End production team coming to Batley and Spen to make a youth theatre to do Les Mis in Joe Cox's honour. Mm-hmm. So it was all based it's her on favourite musical. Yeah, it's her favourite musical. So I was involved, and actually, I'm, I'm doing a director zoom at the moment with um, the director. Do you remember Kate from the MYT auditions? Yes. Yeah, so obviously Kate's directing Henrietta. Um, of course, yeah. And I'm, she's helping, she's doing a director Zoom every week and it's fantastic. We meet all these directors. And Nick Evans, who's the director, who was the associate director of Billy Elliot for like five years, Western director, fabulous Welsh man, um, popped up on this Zoom yesterday, but Nick directed Les Mis. <laughs> in oh, wow. Batley and Sven so they had like a full <laughs> so we were on this like directors on that and I was like hi Nick you alright love it's just like very small world but he so Nick and a a group of West End people came and did Les Mis in Batley and Sven we, they renovated an Oxfam warehouse and made a theatre with all West End set and costumes we did this massive like Les Mis like just before um, I came it was a year before I came to drama school was it? Yeah, it was a year. It was so that was the second summer of that whole mm. um, of the time out, and I met these uh, amongst all the fabulous people I met. We actually did a project alongside it. So the people that weren't like they did Les Mis, and then they did another show, um, and there was these two fantastic ladies who honestly, I'm, I'm meeting with them this week because I just miss them both. Two Welsh women that changed my life: mm. Viv Buckley <laughs> and Julie Hobday. Oh my god! I hope they hear this because I just—they're just the women that—they're the dream women, and they were there to. So Julia, um, Julie is a movement director, and she choreographed Les Mis, but she also worked with Viv, who's a director, and they did a piece which we all made alongside it called More in Common. 
based <laughs> based on Joe's values and everything about her. So I, I worked really closely with Yeah, I know, this is mad, we're soulmates, mate. We, <laughs> we worked I worked very closely with Viv to kind of because I was older and that was very much what I was passionate about. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So I like I did a bit of singing with some of the kids and, and we did we did this amazing piece and honestly it's one of the best things I've ever been involved in. Um and Viv was the person that pulled me. I was still intending to have a couple of years, figure out other stuff, maybe start out the attic before drama school, all that. And Viv pulled me aside and said, no, you're ready now. You're ready to go to drama school. You need to audition. So her telling me that and being my reference and things, and then I, I got in and I went to Lipper um, and stayed in touch with kind of those people. But for Lipper, you have to do a devised piece for your audition. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I did. A, po- a spoken word about Joe and about More in Common um, and then sung a little bit of Les Mis and I had this little rose that I'd made so it's a white rose um, mm, for Yorkshire. Yorkshire and you pluck as I did the spoken word it gets quite angry and I was plucking off mm. these petals and the petals were all on strings and then when I sung the bit of Les Mis the epilogue I pulled the strings and all the thing came around I said because Joe Cox was right we are far more united and have far more in common than that with divides and that was my mm. piece that got me into Lipper <laughs> so very much a part of everything I've done has been kind of more in common and, and Joe and as much as the suffragettes and all thing, all those things that happened, those projects in those two years I think have shaped the early years of my career. That's all that I want to do. And obviously Joe's actually Oh my god, Joe's on the logo. Is she? <laughs> yeah. Let me all yeah. show me, show me, show me. Oh, where is she? She's right in the middle of the H and the E. I'm gonna have a look now. Oh my god, that's insane! <clears throat> I this is so weird. It's so weird that I picked this book. I literally picked this book back up this week because I was like, "This that is one of my favorite books ever." That's just been sitting on my shelf over there. That is mental. I've not actually read it. Obviously, I know a lot about it, but I've never read the book. I should definitely do that. I'll send it over to you in quarantine. Oh, it's so fantastic! Good. Oh my it's god, incredible! That's brilliant. She's just like reading fantastic about her. Just comment. makes me realize. I just, I feel like, I just want to be more like Jo Cox. Oh, I want to yeah, be able all. to, I just think that she's the most incredible woman in the world. Very inspiring, yeah. And that, like, her death was such an incredible tragedy mm. that, like, and I, I, if I could do anything in this world, if I leave this world, all I want to do is be more like Jo Cox. <laughs> That's, That's all I want. That's a very I good want. mantra. It's a very good mantra. Honestly, I've just found a soulmate. It's incredible. Thank you for staying till the end. Thank you for listening. Just a couple of things. Um, go and follow Out the Attic and Beth on social media. I will put the links in the podcast description and also over on my Instagram at Let's Talk Show Business. Also, get involved with their online storyteller social uh, socials socials. I will be next week. It's the theme is love, and I'm gonna create a cheeky dance. Don't you worry, Beth. I've got your back. Um, if um, you enjoyed this week I would love it if you went over to our iTunes and gave us a rating or a review or just told a friend about what it is I'm doing also go back and listen to the other podcast episodes I've done I've spoken to some absolutely amazing people Joan Will at Hope Mill Theatre Lucy Ann McAvoy who's a Scotsman winner um, Carly Stenson and Bobby Delaney as well as some graduates Sophie Jane Scriven who has a YouTube channel and Jonathan Oldfield, who Oldfield, who has just been nominated for the Mandy monologue um, 
competition I saw his like submission and it was amazing but anyway thank you for listening and I hope to see you next week for another chat right here see you later guys Thank <laughs> you.